0: to all the different shows that you've listened to. I really, truly appreciate it. I hope that what I give you back is more than the time that I'm taking. And I hope that I'm also able to, to give you something to share with your friends so that they can learn more about what's really going on in this world. Please take the time to go ahead and like, share, and subscribe for free to either the podcast channel or to Rumble and that way you can be notified when when new episodes come out. I recently found out that the DoD allegedly has comernity on hand, and they're starting with the Coast Guard to give it to them first. Now, what does that mean? That means that go back and listen to the awful order is coming as you'll have to decide whether you're going to take that or not i can't tell you to take that i can't tell you not to because that is seemingly a lawful order however there may be some some issues that may be slightly not 100% accurate with all that but that requires further investigation before i can say that it's it's still not available for the, the proper commentary is still not available all right this is the beginning series this is the first part of a three-part, possibly four-part series on warfare. And and Dr. Sagalow, that's crazy. That's crazy to think that that this is a bioweapon. What proof do you have? And, and I'm going to lay it out very simply. And if you're listening on the podcast channel, I encourage you to go back and watch so that you can see these documents that I'm going to have brought up next to me in, in one of the little squares next to me here. Uh, so that you can see these documents. So just, it's just not me talking, but you can actual, actually see the open source documents where all this information is coming from. So first... And in fact, the vi- mm-hmm. the vaccine or the shot used in China is very different than the one used in the US, by the way. Mm-hmm. And
1: I we met a lady from China who said, oh, I, I can't take the vaccination or the shot here in the US or they won't let me back in China. That... Oh yeah, it's pretty serious. Cause she said to us, no, I can't take that. If I do, they will not let me back in China. They'll say, go back to the U S you can't come back here.
0: And so it's very interesting. So they know something that maybe we don't all know. We're going to talk about the federal register volume 85, number 60. This is published Friday, March 27, 2020, March 27, 2020. And this is department of health and human services, Uh, Center for Disease Control, and basically what this document says is for the FDA to to grant what they call an emergency, right, because they have to say that there is now an emergency. We declare there is an emergency, and then after an emergency is declared, then they're able to issue emergency use authorization for certain products, and it says here that the background in the background, part one, supplementary information that under Act 21 U.S.C. 360 bravo, 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 dash three, the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration acting under, under delegated authority from the secretary of HHS, Health and Human Services, may issue emergency use authorization or EUA authorizing. And then it lays out four different conditions. And we'll repeat and revisit these four different conditions. And really, there's only three of them. So, number one, these are the definitions that must be met to be able to make the declaration of an emergency use. Before an EUA may be issued, the Secretary of HHS, Health and Human Services, must declare that circumstances exist justifying the authorization based on one of four determinations. Now they don't tell you which one they have to use. They just they must have at least one of these four. And really it's only three, and you'll see in the next few documents. Number one, a determination made by the Secretary of Homeland Security that a domestic emergency or significant potential for domestic emergency involving heightened attack with a Chemical, biological, radiological, or nuclear agent or agents. And then we, at least in the Army, we shorten that that big long phrase, chemical, biological, radiological, or nuclear, to C-burn, CBRN, C-B-R-N, burn Agent or agents. So number one, some sort of chemical, biologic, radiologic, or nuclear warfare agent used on us soil number two the identification of material threat by the secretary of homeland security pursuant to section 319 f-2 of the public health service phs act sufficient to affect national security or the health and security of the united states citizens living abroad okay so this is something to do with the health of those abroad Number three, a determination by the Secretary of Defense that there is a military, the Secretary of Defense, right, this is, that's different than Health and Human Services, Secretary of Defense, that there is a military emergency or significant potential for or significant potential for military emergency involving heightened risk to the United States military forces including personnel operating under the authority of Title 10 or Title 15 of an attack with by bio- biological chemical radiologic or nuclear agent or agents or an agent or agents may- that may cause or are otherwise associated with imminently life-threatening and specific risks to the United States forces, or number four, a determination by the secretary, and it doesn't state what secretary, that there is a public health emergency or a significant potential for public health emergencies, emergency that affects or has significant potential to affect national security or health and security of United States citizens living abroad and that involves a c bernie agent or agents or disease or a condition that may be attributable to such agent or agents so let me break that down for you because that's a lot of words it's, it, it's easy to get lost in it basically for there to be a declared emergency right and we have to have this emergency declared by these various groups. I thought it was just the FDA, but maybe it, it looks now like the DOD can actually, Department of Defense can actually make this declaration that if there is an emergency, and this emergency is caused by basically, there's three different situations for this emergency. One, danger to US citizens on US soil caused by, number two, danger to US citizens in foreign lands, caused by, or number three, and these aren't in the same order, danger to, to the military, caused by, all caused by, some sort of sea agent. Chemical, radiologic, biologic, or nuclear agent. Do you see what this tells us? If we go by their own documents, it would seem that by the very definition of declaring an emergency, right, because it can only be caused by a sea burning agent on U.S. citizens, on U.S. soil, foreign soil, or against the military, that we were potentially at war and a declared war back on March 27, 2020. This is part two, determination by the Secretary of Health and Human Services on February 4th. 2020. Pursuant to blah, 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 blah. Uh, I determined that there is a public health emergency that has a significant potential to national security or the health and security of United States citizens living abroad that involves a novel new coronavirus. But be assured that coronaviruses are not new. And had it not been messed with, and had gain a function done to it, this. Wait a second. Gain a function. If you had gain a function of a virus, would that be a sea burning agent? Would that be a biological
1: agent or agents? Hmm.
0: And then they tell you where it was first detected in the city of Wuhan. Humbai, and sorry, I don't speak Chinese well to know if that's pronounced properly or not. Province in China, 2019. The virus is now named SARS-CoV-2. Okay, doesn't matter. So, so right there, March 27, 2020.
1: Health and Human Services declared that this was an emergency.
0: And if it's an emergency, to be able to get that definition of emergency, we basically have to have a biologic, a chemical, radiologic, or nuclear threat against the United States. And when I say United States, I'm going to say against Americans, and that encompasses, when I say Americans, that encompasses civilians lo- you know, in America. Civilians abroad and military, because we're all Americans. Americans, not Americans. Remember that people. All right, let's go to our next document. This is it's called a dodi, a Department of Defense Instruction, or DODI, DODI, number 6200.02. The subject title here, Application of Food and Drug Administration Rules to Department of Defense Health Protection Programs. Hmm. Health Defense Program. Okay. Let's scroll down here. And this is one of the enclosures. And we're going to see a repeat of what we just saw. And it's important that we see the repeat because if we see it in one place, that may not be good enough. We see it in two places. Well, now we're starting to get somewhere. The same thing from different angles which means it's most likely true so now we go all the way down to enclosure this is enclosure number three of this dodi and it calls requirements and procedures applicable to euas first paragraph declaration of emergency before a medical product may be used under an eua as part of a force health protection program the secretary of health and human services must declare an emergency it says one domestic emergency you can read all that but basically and i have a highlighted here with specified so involving a heightened risk of attack with specified biologic chemi- chemical biological or nuclear agent or agents number two military emergency A heightened risk to the United States military forces of attack with a specified biologic, chemical, radiologic, or nuclear agent or agents. See burning agents. Public health emergency involves a specified biologic, chemical, radiological, or nuclear agent or agents or specified disease or condition that may be attributable to agent or agents. Now, this one, you could say, well, Dr. Sigaloff, they're talking about natural cause of diseases. Yes, but may be attributable to such agent or agents, which means if you think it could be a biological weapon, then you can make this declaration because biological weapons get this declaration. Request for determination. So if the secretary determines that there is a need to request an EUA under the. Force Health Protection Program and that circumstances support a determination under paths E1 or E3 1.1, E3 1.2, E3 1.3, the Secretary may determine by the Secretary of Homeland Security under paragraph E3.1.1, the Secretary of Defense or the Secretary of Health and Human Services. So what this is telling me is depending on what paragraph we have here, we have different people naming these emergencies. And the problem with that is if it's a military emergency or a perceived military emergency, significant potential, right? That's the nomenclature that they use here is there is a significant potential for military emergency. Then the secretary of defense can also call the emergency. And so this document also is very interesting. So this is the Federal Registrar Monitorization of Influenza Vaccines in the United States to Promote National Security and Public Health. And I'm going to skip down to the important parts, to the good parts, because we need to know who's making these decisions. And it says in Section 3, National Influenza Vaccine Task Force A, This is hereby established a National Influenza Vaccine Task Force, also known as the Task Force throughout the rest of this document. The Task Force shall identify actions to achieve the objections identified in Section 2 that monitor and report the implementation of results of those actions. The Task Force shall be co-chaired. So whoever is chairing makes the decisions, whoever is co-chairing must make joint decisions the task force is co-chaired by the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of Health and Human Sources and the Health and the Secretary of Health and Human Services or their designee. So it must be the DOD. It must be the Secretary of Defense, the SecDef. But it, and it must be someone, it must be the Secretary of... So it must be the Secretary of Defense or SecDef, and it must be the Secretary of Health and Human Services or who they designate. Then it goes on here to say, in addition to the co-chairs, the task force shall consist of senior officials from the following executive branch departments, agencies, Oh, executive branch. Remember that term executive branch, because I believe that will become important. And this may explain much of what we're going to be talking about today. So remember, Senior officials from the following executive branch agencies must be on this. So you have someone from Department of Defense, Department of Justice, Department of Agriculture, Department of Veterans Affairs, Department of Homeland Security, the United States Food and Drug Administration, Centers for Disease Control, and CDC, National Institute of Health, NIH, the Center for Medical Medicare, Medicaid. OK, we don't. Oh, this is um, this is an interesting. The last one here is. The Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA. I had never heard of BARDA before. I need to do some research before I can talk about that, but that sounds almost as if it is some sort of DARPA-type program, but for biomedical research. Okay, so let's move on a little bit. We're going to take a different turn. We're going to come back to all that stuff we were talking about. So let's look at these documents. So this is BioNTech. So BioNTech is a company, its own complete entity. It is a German company. It has, it is not the same as Pfizer. Pfizer and BioNTech had a collaboration, and we'll go into that in just a minute. What I do want to talk about first is the collaboration between BioNTech and Fosun Pharmaceutical Company. Fosun Pharma. To form a COVID 19 vaccine strategic alliance in China. March 16, 2020, is when the Chinese communist owned Fosun Pharmaceutical and BioNTech made an agreement that they would develop jointly a COVID vaccine. Under the terms of this agreement, the two companies will work jointly on the development of BNT162 in China. These companies will collaborate to conduct clinical trials in China, leveraging Fosun Pharmaceutical's clinical development, regulatory and commercial capabilities in the country. If approved, Fosun Pharmaceutical will commercialize the vaccine in China. BioNTech will supply mRNA vaccine. And remember, often when they say mRNA, they typically mean mod, modified RNA. Vaccine for the clinical trials from GMP manufacturing facilities in Europe with its partner, uh, Pylum, BioNTech will retain full rights to develop and commercialize the vaccine to the rest of the world. Now, let's think of that for a business perspective for a second. If you're going to make something and only sell it in your country, you are not going to make any money on it. It's just, it's that simple. You're not going to make money. But what you are going to do is you are going to be able to Protect the safety of your individuals in your country by knowing exactly what's in it. Under the terms of agreement, Fosun Pharma has agreed to make an equality investment of U.S. dollars fifty million or forty-four million euros for one thousand five hundred eighty thousand seven hundred seventy-seven ordinary shares in Biontech, subject to exclusion of share. Subscription documentation and approval of the regulatory authorities in China the regulators in China will say we approve It makes one wonder how much that would change the voting rights for a company such as pharma Sun. Would that give them pretty much the ability to change anything they'd like in the company? Because the way that these companies work if you own a share then you have a voting right if you own most shares Then you can make it vote. You can vote however you'd like Now let's look at November 25th, 2020. This is BioNTech and Fosun Pharma announced the start of a Phase 2 clinical trial. So just off the title here, BioNTech and Fosun announced the start of Phase 2 clinical trial of the lead mRNA COVID-19 vaccine BNT162B2 in China. The phase two clinical trial of BNT 162B2 in China will be conducted by Jiangsu Province Center, Center of Disease Control and Prevention. The trial site is located in Tazhou, China, Medical City Vaccine Engineering Center and Linhu County, CDC, Jiangsu Taizhou People Hospital. The online recruitment of volunteers will commence with the recruitment of 960 healthy participants between ages 18 to 85 and assess the safety and immunogenicity of the vaccine candidate and to support the future biologic license application in China. It's interesting we see the same nomenclature here we see From the very beginning, our common goal has been to quickly design and develop a safe and effective vaccine for global supply. Which makes me think even more so that it's propaganda, because here we have someone from BioNTech saying safe and effective when they should know that that's not how that word is used. The COVID-19 pandemic proves, once again, that global cooperation is needed for control of infectious disease. As an important part of global research and development, the phase 2 clinical study with bnt162b2 in china will not only provide key data for the launch of the vaccine in china but also play a positive role in widespread promotion and use of the vaccine throughout asia and around the world then here they reference the agreement that they made previously on march 13 2020 fosun pharmaceutical became a strategic partner with BioNTech in China, jointly developing and commercializing vaccine production for the COVID-19 based on its proprietary mRNA technology platform in mainland China, Hong Kong, Maku Special Administration region, and the Taiwan region. Since collaboration, the two sides, Fosun Pharma, has been involved in research development of mRNA vaccines. In addition comprehensively and deeply discussing the research development plans with partners completing clinical trials in China. Just to make sure that we're all on the same page about Fosun Pharma, founded in 1994, Shanghai Fosun Pharmaceutical Group Company Limited, Fosun Pharma, is a leading healthcare group in China Fosun Pharma has built a strong root in China and developed a global operation strategy with pharmaceutical manufacturing and research and development with pharmaceutical manufacturing and R&D being the largest core business segment together with strong presence in medical devices and diagnostics healthcare services pharmaceutical distribution and retail now Let's talk about Pfizer and BioNTech. So often those names are used interchangeably. We say Pfizer-BioNTech as if they're one company. They are not. Pfizer is a U.S. company. BioNTech is a German company. Fosun Pharma is a Chinese company. We already learned that on March 16, 2020, the Chinese company or the Chinese government, because To do business in China, you almost must be part of the government. Those terms are going to be synonymous. The Communist Chinese government slash Fosun Pharma. The reason those are so important is because what the government of China has declared itself the enemy of the U.S. people, and they are trying to destroy America. BioNTech made an agreement with Fosun Pharma, on 16 March 2020, where they purchased more than 1.5 million shares of BioNTech. Now, we get this announcement on July 22nd, 2020. So, in approximately three months after China purchases 1.5, more than 1.5 million shares of BioNTech, we get this announcement that Pfizer is now partnering with BioNTech. And the headline of this, U.S. government places an initial order of 100 million doses for 1.5 billion and can acquire up to 500 million additional doses. Americans to receive the vaccine for free consistent with U.S. government commitment to free access for COVID-19 vaccines. Pfizer and BioNTech There's a reason there's an and in there, because they're separate companies. And when you see BioNTech now, anytime after 16 March 2020, you can assume that there is a significant influence from China. Pfizer and BioNTech remain on track to begin an anticipated Phase 2b and Phase 3 safety and efficacy trials later this month seek regulatory review as early as October 2020 and manufacture globally up to 100 million doses by the end of 2020 and potentially more than 1.3 billion by the end of 2021. Did you notice the word they used here was not effective? They used the word efficacious or efficacy. And what's interesting about this is it says the U.S. government will pay the company's $1.9 billion upon the receipt of the first 100 million doses. We look here. It says, New York and Maine's Germany, Pfizer Incorporated, and BioNTech, which is Pfizer, Inc., and BioNTech, which China owns $1.5 million shares, today announced the execution of an agreement with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and Department of Defense to meet the U.S. government's Operation Warp Speed program to begin delivering 300 million doses of vaccine. Under the agreement, the U.S. government will receive 100 million doses of BNT162. The COVID-19 vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech and Pfizer successfully manufactures and obtains approval of emergency use authorization. The BNT162 program is based on BioNTech's proprietary mRNA technology and supported by Pfizer's global vaccine development and manufacturing capabilities. The BNT162 vaccine candidates are undergoing clinical trials, and are not currently approved to distribute anywhere in the world. BioNTech is the marketing authorization holder worldwide and will hold all trademarks for potential product. Both collaborators are committed to developing these novel vaccines with preclinical and clinical data for the forefront of their decision-making. This is interesting here. On July 1st, Pfizer and BioNTech announced the preliminary data of BNT162B1, the most advanced of our four mRNA formulations. The early data demonstrates that BNT162B1 is able to produce neutralizing antibodies in humans at or above the levels observed in plasma from patients who have recovered from COVID-19. And this is shown at relatively low levels, low dose levels. Local reactions and systemic events were dose dependent. Hmm. But then why, if that was B1, why are we giving out B2? Recently, two of the companies four investigational vaccines, BNT, I'm just going to read the last two letters because that's the most relevant part, B1 and B2, received fast-track designation by the FDA. So basically, we have a U.S. company partnering with a company that's already partnered with a Chinese Communist Party group, and they will be providing these shots for American soldiers and the American people. So I want to talk about this was right after I had done episode nine. If you listened to that, if you didn't, please go back and listen to it. I did a lot of what I called speculation. This was just scientific guessing that I thought uh, was relevant to what we were seeing. I speculate so much to say what if someone hid CRISPR inside of the this quote mRNA, messenger RNA, when really it's modified RNA. So what is CRISPR? CRISPR stands for clustered regularly interspace short palindromic read. What what does that mean? It is gene editing technology. If you know how when you have control C and you want to copy. And then you want to paste, control V. That's what this does. It does it to your genes. It does it to your genome. And for it to work, you have to have certain other RNA available to tell it where to go. Because it's just not going to go. You have to program it. And the way you program it is you give it what they call gRNA. It's a little g-r-n-a. So if we ever see gRNA coming up in the future, then we'll be like, oh man, maybe there's something to this CRISPR. A little background on this is like, if we were to find anything that encodes for CRISPR Cas9 or just CRISPR for short in this vaccine technology, then something is terribly, terribly wrong. And there is criminal behavior afoot, right? Because no one ever consented to have their genome changed and just to make sure that that all of this is on the up and up right because we want to make sure that we're doing i looked at all this to me it looks very legitimate Uh, but our methods first the full sequence and published mrna code of the pfizer bnt162b2 also known under the product name comirnaty was base by base compared to the sars cov2 wuhan hu1 spike protein rna then they went online and they looked, an online palindrome sequence finder from the DNA sequence company, and then they did a, another one. And so so basically what they did was they, they took what was in Pfizer, what is supposed to be in Pfizer, what's, and they looked at it. They analyzed the RNA code, this messenger RNA code that's, it's not messenger, I keep saying that, even I'm making this mistake. They took this modified RNA code that's in Pfizer, and they, they looked at it and they compared it to two different databases, one database. Well, they compared it to two different databases and those databases were basically to, to ensure there is, we're doing this correctly, right? Cause we don't want to make assumptions if we're not checking against ourselves. And this is like a self check mechanism. So result number one, the community MRNA. Matches 24% of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. But 76% of the chimerian genetic code is not related to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. 76% of what they're putting into people is not what they said was supposed to be in there. Hmm. And then we get into specific palindromes here. Palindromes is repeating sequences. Between the short palindrome repeats, and interspace fragment fragmented spike proteins
1: sequences. Hmm.
0: Not the full length of the spike protein appears in the community mRNA, as mentioned in the WHO program paper from September 20th, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, from September, not the full length of spike protein appears. Not the full length of spike protein appears in comirnaty mRNA as mentioned in the WHO program paper from September twenty twenty, but fragments of these protein sequences that have been added and new gene sequences. Well, that's a little concerning. Open reading frames. So both the WHO program paper for the comirnaty vaccine and the published Pfizer mRNA sequence show one large open frame reading over 3,000 BP. Okay, so what, what is an open frame reading? It's like where, like a sh- frame shift, that's where you can like start here and you read or you can start somewhere else and you can read and you can start somewhere else and you can read because there are certain signals that tell us when to stop in RNA and there are certain signals that are little stop signs and there's other signals that tell us where to start. Green lights. This one open reading frame cannot possibly translate, be translated into a full length spike protein due to two features in the mrna First, the spike protein sequence expressed, expresses just fragmented amino acids and not complete proteins. Second, the mod RNA has stopped and start codons. Those are the stop, that's the red light, green light, in the middle of the reading frame, which triggers nonsense mediated decay and degradation of the mRNA. Nonsense. So, so it doesn't give us anything usable, and it causes decay. Decay, things to break down. And we go on, and we find that 13 hidden open reading frames were found within the long open reading frame, which is translated into different, fully functional proteins. Well, that seems to be a huge problem. Interestingly, 275 to 410 does not contain a single fragmented sequence of the spike protein. Hmm. Another open, another hidden open reading frame expresses into hypothetical proteins. A hypothetical protein is a computer predicted protein that does not exist in nature. Why would they put that in there? Is that an accident? It's interesting. The Cumerency mRNA expresses also two short proteins, both of which play a role in the human cell signaling pathway. These sequences that they exp- uh, express the PRH protein, which has a clear role in cancer suppression. And this other one ex- expresses PAS protein, which has a clear role in cell signaling. Whether it's good or it's bad, They put something in there that changes cell signaling, which can cause cancer, and they change something that um, affects cancer regulation. Hmm. Cancer suppressor, right? So if we stop suppressing cancer, that means we start building cancer. Yeah, so it is a cancer suppressor role. And if we alter that at all, we stop suppressing cancer, which means we start making cancer which is interesting because we're seeing a huge uptick in cancers in a lot of people right now. Number four here, CRISPR and gRNA findings. Oh, remember I talked about that earlier. 3g, it's a little g, RNA, including the PAM PAM sequence, were found for the plus strand by Yale University's CRISPR research tool and confirmed with the CRISPR sequence finder at the... Sanger Institute. Each gRNA sequence ends with the PAM sequence GGG. Remember I told you if we have CRISPR we have to have some sort of gRNA in there that tells us where it goes. Right here we have 3gRNA. But the next question may be well, where does that tell us to go? What part of our genome? All 3gRNAs were searched with the BLAST database, as B-L-A-S-T, BLAST database for the human genome. The results showed that all gRNA sequences correspond to human reference genome, GRCH38. So one of them goes to chromosome five, a second one goes to chromosome five, and a third one goes to chromosome 19. That's not all. In addition to the study, they found they found protein sequencing, and they give the reference there, to a synthetic novel GP or glycoprotein-130 protein. This protein was engineered by Y. Lu in
1: 1998. The publication
0: from 1998 has been completely removed from the web, and the function of this protein remains unclear. Okay, so what what does all that mean? Let's do a quick recap of what this document is saying. This document is, is showing us that they took their Pfizer modified RNA sh- um, injection and they, they looked at all of the base pairs in sequence and what they're supposed to be. And they, they compared them to different databases to see what that would build, right? So DNA makes RNA, RNA builds a protein. And so they they took this RNA and they said, well, what protein does it build? And we have now discovered that it has CRISPR technology in there. CRISPR technology needs gRNA. It has three different strands of gRNA. There is no whole or complete spike protein. Because remember, they told us, oh, it'll make you, it'll have you make spike protein so that you'll become immune to it. Well, if they didn't put spike protein into it, then how does that work? And then I'm going to read the last little bit here of this paper. The individual who was injected with reference human genome from 13 different volunteers and the Cas9 um, CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing tool was not informed, right? Did you know that was going on in there? Because I did not, I did not know that was going on in there. I had no clue. But, well, what if this one paper got it wrong? Because, right, because that's a real possibility. So we like to compare. And this is a Pfizer mRNA Science Day study. And it's dated June 30th, 2021. And we, this was acquired in the public sphere by a whistleblower. And I'm going to just read it here. Selective organ targeting sort a strategy for effective tissue-specific mRNA delivery and CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing. Whoa, wait a second. But one piece is not enough, right? Let's go to the second page of this whistleblower brought out. And as you can see here, it says Pfizer's mRNA strategy, where to play. And we go direct your attention to the center part here to explore TAs with strong risk benefit. Rare diseases going beyond CRISPR. Going beyond
1: CRISPR editing. The protein replacement. Hmm. Oncology.
0: Cancer vaccines. Interesting. Okay. So next we're going to learn about the Freedom of Information Act. And I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little technical here, but it's it's important that you do hear this little bit of technicality. So Uh, Freedom of Information Act or FOIA, that's how I'm going to call it from here on out because Freedom of Information Act is tough to say. So FOIA, it's under Title 10 U.S.C. Section 552. And uh, these rules and regulations are blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Who cares, right? Let's get to the, the juicy parts. FOIA applies to records created by the federal agencies and does not cover records held by Congress, the courts or state or local government agencies. Each state has its own public health access laws that should be. So basically what this is telling us, FOIA only is covered by the executive branch, not Congress, nothing else. Okay. Now, there is a thing called redaction codes. This is important. When you see something that looks unusual, you need to ask why. And redaction codes are leading to our next point here. So redaction codes, what that means, the declassified documents will usually contain redactions, which indicate portions that contain information that is not releasable to the public. Each redaction will be associated with a redaction code. That's so nice of them. Which gives the reason why the information cannot be released. Remember that gives the reason why the information cannot be released. Okay, now let's, we'll go to the next page of this document because it shows us two specific redaction codes that I want you to be, uh, that I want you to remember. And again, if you're listening, I encourage you to to go watch this on Rumble. 3.3 B, or the letter Bravo. 4. Reveal information that that would impair the application of a a state-of-the-art technology within a U.S. weapon system. So B4. Reveal information that would impair the application of a state-of-the-art technology within the U.S. weapon system. 3.3. B6 or Bravo 6, reveal information, including foreign government information that would cause serious harm to relationships between the United States and a foreign government or to ongoing diplomatic activities of the United States. Okay, so now let's go ahead and look at some of these Pfizer documents and their redaction, right? Because that's important because we need to look at Pfizer. Oh, all right, so this first one here. This is, we're going to start with the, it's a cover sheet. It says final report. And it says distribution of something, something, lipid nanoparticle, mRNA, blah, 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 some sort of Windsor rat. Testing facility, Bravo 4. Hmm. And there's some big block up here at the top, right, that was also redacted for Bravo 4 reasons. Okay, here we go. R&D study report. This is put out by BioNTech. Expression of luciferase encoding mod RNA after IM or intramuscular application of a GMP-ready acutus lipid nanoparticle for formulation. Reported by, we don't get to know the name because that name could also expose some sort of relationship the United States has. Interesting. Oh, here's a good one. Because remember when the declaration was made? The declaration was, was the declaration was declared on 27 March, 2020. And this is a document from BioNTech, as it says on the paper. And we have to be very careful that we don't think Pfizer when we say BioNTech and we don't think BioNTech when we say Pfizer. Let's go by what they say here. So this is, it says on the top of the paper, BioNTech. Responsible person, B6. There's a bunch of names here from BioNTech that are B6 blacked out. Author, B6 blacked out. Experimenter, B6, B6. Experimenter, also blacked out. Study dates. Study dates. Start of experiments, 14 January 2020. Completion of experiments, 23 January 2020. Did any of you know that there was even a virus in
1: January of 2020?
0: Which begs the question, does this page have anything to do with COVID? Because if it does, that's a huge problem. If it doesn't, this is just testing of the state-of-the-art weapon system, and we can't show uh, the relationships of, by these people's names. Testing facility. Connects we'll overview, and, and this is why whenever we say Pfizer, we talk about Pfizer. Whenever we say BioNTech, we talk about BioNTech. If we say both, we say we use both terms, Pfizer-BioNTech. Is if we look here at testing facility, <clears throat> testing facility is identified as Pfizer Incorporated. This next one down here, it's designated as BioNTech. And then these next few ones here, quite a few of them, are all Bravo 4. Hmm. See all those Bravo 4 testing facilities? We can't know. And then we go back to Pfizer. So we are not allowed to know where these testing facilities are down here. There's a little list of places where they did some of these testing, uh, La Jolla, California Mainz, Germany. Sorry, it's probably pronounced wrong. That's alpha Bravo, Charlie and Delta Bravo for blacked out. And then we have somewhere in Connecticut. Um, let's keep going. Let's look at another test facility here, uh, for the final report of this document here. Bravo 4 blacked out. Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Uh, let's look at documents signed by Bravo 4. Signer name, B4. Study director, B4. Study, study director, B4. Sponsor representative, B6. Testing site, Testing facility management, B4. Okay, this one here. This is page eleven, testing facility, study number eighteen five three five six, section five point one, study location. This study was carried out at we don't know, blacked out before, blacked out before. According to, and the protocols we don't even know because the protocols could be some application of U.S. weapons system. Interesting. Okay, here on page twelve of thirty-six by BioNTech, Materials and methods, testing item, LNP or lipid nanoparticle, formulated mod RNA, coding, luciferase diluted, blah, blah, blah. Acutus lipid nanoparticles, all of that is blacked out. BioNTech lipid nanoparticle, all of that is blacked out. Which would lead me to believe that these lipid nanoparticles are potentially the bioweapon themselves.
1: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: Remember, anytime we see B4, that means that it could expose or it has something to do with the application of a U.S. weapons, state-of-the-art U.S. weapons system. It's funny because so often they don't have any names. All right, here's So, Biotech, page 29 of 36. Look at this date here. 11 December 2019. Now, in this one, They could just be talking about the bioweapon themselves because they blacked it out and they didn't say why. But they don't let us know the research associate name because that would expose a relationship the United States has. Here's another one from BioNTech, page 30 of 36. And here it shows the notes are blacked out and the name of the researcher is blacked out. And the date on this is 26 November 2019. So if they're not talking about COVID here, which I assume they're not, if we want to look at everything on the up and up, and they're definitely talking about the lipid nanoparticle, which is most likely the bioweapon. Here, RNA certificate analysis of biotech. So this is actually talking about RNA, certificate analysis. Customer, we don't know who it is. Uh, This next block here, cap, we don't know what that is. Double-stranded RNA removal, blah, blah, blah. Look at the date of order.
1: 2019. The date of order is May 19th. It's interesting.
0: Now, they may not be talking about COVID, but they're certainly using this something that's a part of a U.S. weapon system, a state-of-the-art U.S. weapon system. When we take all this into account, let's do a quick recap. So we have a national emergency on March 27, 2020, and to be able to declare that emergency, there must be basically a biowarfare agent used against U.S. citizens on U.S. soil, U.S. citizens on foreign soil, or military. That's where we're starting from. And we looked at those, and we looked at that information from two different sources, from what the FDA says, and from a DOD instructional. Then we go into some whistleblower information and an independent white paper that was published, and we talk about how there was likely CRISPR in the Pfizer shot. Then we went into the FOIA documents released by Pfizer. For a document to be able to be released by FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, it first must be an executive branch document which makes sense to me because they're working with the FDA. Those documents had redactions in them. We looked at the reasons for redactions. One common redaction code that we saw was Bravo 4, which indicates that it has to do with a state-of-the-art U.S. weapons system. Especially from context clues, it looked like they were talking about the lipid nanoparticle that was used in the development of these. Then we saw where a lot of these testing sites were done. And we saw B6 or Bravo 6 redaction code used. And we learned that this would reveal information, including foreign government information, that could cause serious harm between the relations of the United States and a foreign government or to the ongoing diplomatic activities with the U.S. and a foreign government. Then we saw the video of the man who met a woman from China saying that if she got that shot while she's in America, she would be barred from entry into China. And she claims that there was a test or a scan of some type that they would be able to use. And if it was positive, she would be barred from entry. Then we've looked at Biotech and their agreement with Fosun Pharmaceutical that was on 16 March 2020. And how they plan to work together to develop the COVID-19 vaccine. A short time after that, Pfizer and BioNTech began working together 22 July 2020 to provide 100 million doses of BNT162 to the American people. and And the specific branches of government that did that or departments, the specific department that made those agreements was U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Department of Defense to meet the U.S. government's Operation Warp Speed program. So there are two laws, the NDAA from 2006 and the Berry Amendment. So the NDAA of 2006, it's also um, 225.770, and it was revised on 29 October 2020, prohibits the acquisition from communist Chinese military companies. Well, if you're a communist Chinese company, then you're also part of the military. Remember, everything they do, think of Sun Tzu, an all-scale war. They don't want you to let you know you're at war. That's the idea, is you attack your enemy and you don't let them know you're attacking. And you don't let them know... You don't let them know that you're attacking. Because if you're going... If I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm going to hit you in the face, you're going to move, you're going to block, you're going to do something to prevent me from hitting you in the face. Instead, using those tactics, I just go on and attack when you're least expecting it. Maybe even attack you and not even let you know that you are currently being under attack. Then there's also the Barry Amendment. And what the Barry Amendment tells us is this is to keep... DOD dollars in the U.S. The idea of the Barrier Amendment is to keep U.S. dollars in the U.S., especially when it has to do anything with the military and their clothing or any of their equipment. So now we've got potentially, and I would say by their documents, they say that we are in some sort of biological warfare event. We have a U.S. company that partners with a Chinese company. I'm using BioNTech and Pharma. So let's do another quick recap. We have a German company partnering with a Chinese company. Then we have an American company partnering with that German slash Chinese company. Then we have that collaboration of American, German, and Chinese company working together to provide shots for the American people and for service members. We know, as we read through some of the documents released, that there is a state-of-the-art U.S. weapon system involved. It is a state-of-the-art U.S. weapon system that China has had the ability to see, that China has the ability to alter, and we're requiring that service members take this, which is in violation of the NDA 2006, and it may not be in violation of the letter of the law for the Barry Amendment, but it's certainly a violation of the spirit of the law for the Barry Amendment. So we could potentially be in a place right right now where we have a developed bio-warfare agent that has had influence from a foreign entity that is an enemy, and we are currently requiring service members to get this. With all this information into account, we shouldn't even allow service members to get it if they wanted it. We we should bar them from all use of this, because if this was actually developed, which there's a high likelihood that it could be, if there's any development that came from China, this could likely be, A binary biological weapon system and we'll get into the binary biological weapon system later in the series do you want your enemy making a medical device medication or anything that is required by your government to go into your military with all this information to account the risk even if greater than 1% is so great that all vaccine mandates should immediately stop for all service members. And service members should be barred from getting this until further investigation can be completed. For if the, vac- if the virus is as dangerous as they say, it's not nearly as dangerous as potentially injecting service members with a foreign developed, an enemy developed bioweapon Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Please share this as far as you can. Like it, share it, subscribe it. Please write a review. Please do your own homework. Please don't take my word for it. But this information needs to get out and get out quickly so that we can stop the hemorrhage. The first thing you must do is stop the hemorrhage and then we can go back and try and repair whatever we can. But if we don't stop this mandate immediately, there will be more service members either kicked out, there will be more service members that bend the knee, or more service members that will potentially accept this possible bioweapon into their body. Together, we can all make courage more contagious than fear.